0: Welcome to the second episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong. I'm your host, Greg Tyler. We did it, y'all. Episode number 2. Episode number 1 it turned out pretty well. Um I'm thrilled with uh you know the reactions I've received. You know, thank you to everybody who showed support and who listened. I appreciate it. It you know, it means a lot knowing that not everyone completely hated listening to it. So A lot of effort time goes into it for me and from multiple other people so thank you thank you thank you for your support and uh, i guess just you know keep coming back and i've got some uh some some shameless plugs go check out wavypack.com there are always fresh articles going up there new posts daily on a multitude of different topics Currently, it is Oscar season, so our guy Dylan has been posting a series of articles with everything you need to know about the Academy Awards. The nominations, what to expect, Uh, his stuff's super good, so go check that out. Also, the hoop section has been getting some new life thanks to Dom, who has been picking up a lot of the slack, a lot of my slack, because I'm supposed to write for hoops, and I don't always get around to it, so... Shout out to him. go check out his articles. He just put up a good one about Gonzaga getting uh, smacked up in the national championship. It was probably one of the most embarrassing losses in you know recent memory. So go read his stuff. go read everybody's stuff. you know thank you to everybody that's writing for Wavy pack. Lastly the most shameless plug I'll do. By the time this comes out, there should be a new episode of The Wave this week with my guy Cam and I. As always, we we don't hold back, so buckle up. We got the controversy on everything pop culture, so go show some support over there. Also, moving on. So this this segment, my my rose button and thorn segment, I didn't realize how much fun I would have with this and how uh, how therapeutic it could end up actually being. But it feels good. It feels good to rant and ramble. I'm not gonna lie. So let's just jump into it because I've got some thoughts. This was a big week for me. My rose, obviously, good news first. This changed my life. I know. I know. Bold statement to make. But it did. I got an electric toothbrush. I never realized how big of a deal this would be. I have to move my hand like 75% less while brushing now. You just squirt a little bit of toothpaste on there. You like a in your mouth. It just goes. It does it. You just kind of you know pull it along. It's fantastic. My teeth have felt cleaner than they probably ever have been in my entire life. And I'm 28. I'm 28 and I'm finally, finally learning how to clean my teeth, guys. So shout out to electric toothbrushes. Um, You know, I don't really like to go to the dentist. The dentist makes me nervous and I avoid things that make me nervous. So I think this toothbrush is going to cut down on how horrible the dentist has to be. So, I don't know. Maybe, you know, this is just proving how lazy I am. That I'm thrilled about brushing my teeth being easier. But hey, now I have extra time to confront those thoughts. And I'm one step closer to nirvana. So, if you want to be enlightened, get an electric toothbrush. Get like me. My bud. The thing I'm looking forward to. Is, for me, prepare to be jealous, everyone. But next week is spring break. Am I in school? No. Am I a grown man getting a spring break? Yes. Because I work at a school. That's right. I think I said it last week. I work at a high school. Um. It's, you know, it's rewarding. People always ask, is it rewarding helping kids? Sure, it's rewarding. But, you know, what's more rewarding is a week off of work. Uh, to recuperate. And I'm, you know, I'm excited. And it's funny. Um. You know, everyone's super excited about it All the teachers So I'm not the only one I'm not a jerk by saying A week off is more rewarding than working with the children So, maybe I am Whatever Doesn't matter to me I'll be chilling, taking a week off Am I going anywhere? No, because COVID, that's a great excuse No, I don't don't even know where I would go For a spring break Cabo? I don't know Where do y'all go? Let me know my thorn I'm not gonna lie, had a good week there wasn't a lot of thorny things that happened to me but the one thing that did happen, it might not seem that bad, but to me it hurt, it sucked and it happened at work I know, two weeks in a row where the thorn comes from work, well surprise, it's work So the kids were getting to watch a movie for for class, which is great because that means I get to watch a movie, and I was super pumped because these kids are cultured, and they picked Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is one of my favorite films. So I was all jazzed up to sit back and relax. I even brought some snacks to school. Like, I was all on board for this, but... We're living in a pandemic. COVID is real, and so everything in school for us is happening over Zoom. And that means that the internet was involved, and it's not always reliable. So the sound, the sound for Indiana Jones was so off. I'm talking like a three-second delay. So people's lips are moving. Blah, 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 blah. Three seconds later, we're getting the audio. And I had to spend two hours watching this film with bad audio, which, sure, is it the worst thing in the world? No. I know a lot of you are thinking that sounds way better than sitting there writing a report for your boss, blah, 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 crunching numbers. Yeah, that part was better. But the part that wasn't better was the 15-year-old sitting next to me reminding me every two minutes the sound's off. Hey, the sound's off. Did you see the sounds off? Look, his lips are moving, but the sound's not coming. I know, man. I know. I see it too. And so I had to spend two hours being told that the sound was off. For Indiana Jones, one of my favorite movies. But hey, I'm a silver linings kind of guy. And so if that was the worst part of my week, like I said, I had a pretty good week. And when you got a week off to look forward to complaints are at an all-time low, y'all. So we feeling good. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's right. This is a roller coaster of emotions I'm taking you guys on. There was another really weird thing about my week. I couldn't put this as my thorn because it wasn't necessarily bad. It might be bad. It could be the thorn for next week, but I wanted to share it with you anyways. So, I was having a conversation with two coworkers yeah, two of them. So me and two of my coworkers uh, workers and we're just like talking about the vaccine. Because out here, you know, I'm, I'm eligible. All all people that, uh, you know, frontline workers, um, healthcare, people that work in schools, we're all eligible. And I was saying that I really don't want to get the vaccine. But that was only the first half of my sentence. And before I was able to finish the the second half of it, which was because I'm terrified of needles and I always pass out when I get a shot. You know, that was going to be my follow up. But before I could get to that, both of them were jumping down my throat, reciting the COVID facts to me. And at that point, it was too late. And I was being lectured. And now I'm almost positive the, they think I'm an anti-vaxxer, which I'm not. I don't think. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but they're going to tell people. It's going to be a, a point of gossip at work for a little while, and now I'm a little bit worried that I might be labeled as the anti-vaxxer guy at work. And so it could this could be the future thorn, but I I might just lean into it maybe I will just become the anti-vaxxer guy, because at this point, even if I do go and get the vaccine, I don't think they're gonna believe me. Because, I mean, I wouldn't if I thought somebody was anti-vaxxer, and it's like, why are you going out of your way to tell me this? If I find them at work, and I'm like, hey guys, I, I got my vaccine, and they're like, yeah, sure you did. I'm like Only because we told you you should. And it's a little bit of a lose-lose situation, and maybe I lean into being an anti-vaxxer and just pretend but I don't know, I'll keep you guys updated on my uh, my anti-vaxxer story maybe I'll just start posting a bunch of stuff about vaccine passports, who knows you want to see me go crazy, should I go off the deep end? I'm just kidding I don't have time for that I'm too busy brushing my teeth with my electric toothbrush um, but anyways this day in history the segment where I educate all of you. And you all have to trust that I know what I'm talking about. But do I, I? Who knows? I, You know, I read things. Do I totally understand them? No, not always. But this day in history, April 7, actually a very popping day throughout the years. So the first thing to touch on... On April 7 is that it is the day that historians agree that Jesus Christ was crucified, the year 30, the death of Jesus on April 7. And I promise I won't go into another long Bible related rant and explanation because I know I did that last week. But when you grow up in a very conservative Christian community like I did, Everything comes back to the Bible. So I I just can't help it. Like when I was a kid in school, I remember asking some of my teachers, you know, some tough questions. And if they didn't have a fully thought out answer or something they thought was sufficient enough to answer me, they would always just kind of default back to, well, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible says that it's in the Bible so that we do it that way because the Bible says so. And I was like bro This is Algebra 2 class Like I'm trying to learn how To factor and I don't Remember anywhere in the Bible Talking about that And so now to this day I still don't know how to factor Because I was flipping through the New Testament Looking for it when in reality It was in my Algebra textbook which I wasn't told to go and read So think you know things come back to the bible. It's fun for me to talk about. It's, you know, I got a lot of good stories about it. So stay tuned. Also, some of the other things from April 7, it was uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in the year 30, and it was also the same day that the movie The Sandlot was released in theaters, y'all. April 7, 1993, right out about a week or two after I was after I was born. So, you know, I'm an Aries. You know, the film Sandlot is in Aries. It's, it's all good. We love that. It's a great film. Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the fastest kid to ever play. The only kid to ever outrun the beast to this day. I don't think anyone ever has. So if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. This is the week. It's the time. Baseball just started also. Man, you got a lot to look forward to. The Seattle Mariners. They're selling tickets. I don't know if anybody's going. <laughs> the stadium's open, but it's probably still empty because they suck. So catch me in getting cheap Mariners tickets, y'all. Moving on. Also, April seven is my dad's birthday. So happy birthday, Dad. He's uh, you know, the man, the myth, the legend. I don't. That's not the saying. I don't know. He's super cool. Um, and he was also alive. During this this next segment that I'm gonna bring in for this day in history, for the the meat and potatoes, the main part of it. So who know maybe I'll call him later and ask him if he remembers this happening. He would have just been a little kid, but knowing him, he'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I remember that. I was there. <laughs> He'll probably tell me he was in the room for it when it happened. But the next part, the you know, the the meat of this is Essentially it's a brief history of the internet, because on April seventh a lot of internet historians agree that April 7 is the birth date of the internet because it's the day that the first RFC was published RFC stands for, and again, this I didn't know anything about any of this stuff so correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> um, because I was just doing some reading and please don't quote me or cite me on any of this I will continue RFC is a request for comments, which is, from my understanding, essentially a a forum style of writing and passing on information about a certain subject. And for this, it was specifically related to computer programming. So the first request for comments was published on April 7 by ARPANET which stands for Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. And, of course, this was funded by the Department of Defense because we were really scared about the Soviets sending a satellite into space. So, to really boil it down and simplify it, the Internet was created because we thought the Soviet Union was going to be able to nuke us from space. Yeah. Surprise. Um, But like I was saying, a request for comments... And something that was published, and they were given individual serial numbers so that each time someone added to it, nothing got, got lost or duplicated, and it was a way for programmers to discuss new ideas within the, the community of computer science. And everyone would, they would add to them, and that way everyone's knowledge would kind of get passed down and grow. And many people consider this as the birth of the internet because it laid the foundation for the network that became the internet. And, you know, eventually these RFCs led to ARPANET building the first computer network, which was, um, it was two computers that were linked together between UCLA and Stanford. So a lot of smarty pants were involved in this. It wasn't dumb people. And from what I read, I actually read quite a bit. This wasn't just, I didn't just go to Wikipedia, y'all. I did some real research. I'm trying to pass along some information. But from my understanding, one of the biggest motivations for uh, a computer network or the internet was to make it easier for people that were doing research via computers. Because at this time, in you know, 1969, computers were not super commonplace, they were super expensive, and if you wanted to have time on a computer, you had to schedule it with, you know, typically it would be the university. So if you wanted to use the computer at UCLA, you would have to come in, sign up for a, t- a date and time to use the computer. But because you couldn't transfer information between computers, if you went to UCLA and used their computer and it didn't have all the information on it that you wanted to use, you would have to go and find that other computer that had the information. So you would essentially have to be traveling all around the U.S. to get all the information you needed from all these different computers, which is insane and a huge waste of time. So they, they came up with this network. And on October 29, 1969, the very first Internet message was sent. The very first IM. That's right, y'all. So everyone that remembers AIM or AIM and chatting on there, it started in 69, y'all. And the message they sent was so what they did is they had they were on the phone. So if they, one guy in UCLA was on the phone with the guy in Stanford, they were sitting at the computers and they were typing to them and they typed L O and then the entire network crashed. And they were trying to type out the word login. But it was apparently too much for the internet to take, and it crashed. So the next time you get mad about Call of Duty or League of Legends lagging, just remember that your grandparents literally couldn't even send one word without the entirety of the internet going down. So we've come a long way. And then by, uh, by the end of 1969, they had four computers connected to ARPANET, or, but yeah, I, I think that's what how, how to say. It. Whatever, but yeah, four computers were connected to it, and it was uh, the Stanford computer and the UCLA computer, which were the first two, and then a UCSB computer, and they randomly had one in Utah, which I, that seems really random to me. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, we need something with a little more distance on it to see how good this works, or maybe Utah was just super smart. You know, the Mormons—they got a lot of kids. They got a lot of a lot of brains maybe they were just on top of it what do i know but this is the point where i started to get a little bit bored started to lose interest because a lot of this wasn't making sense to me and so i was starting to think about you know the internet as a whole and i wondered man i wonder when porn made it to the internet how quickly did porn make it to the internet? So I started researching and it was about 26 years later because the internet like I said started in night or you know the the skeleton for the internet started in 1969 and by 1995 we had the first domain registered for porn which was sex.com extremely unoriginal and not very creative uh, before I go deeper on this This was the the closest date I could find I don't think we can officially pinpoint Like the first person to make a domain That was posting nudies on the internet But this was like the first Big one Like the first porno website So 26 years Yeah, 26 years later We had porn on the internet <laughs> Which I, honestly I thought it would have been quicker Because you know <laughs> People, people like anyways um, <laughs> 1995 you got sex.com within that same year congress was like we gotta find a way to stop this because it is going to taint all of the minds within America so there was a senator he was a democrat from Nebraska so <laughs> history uh, will tell us that uh, democrats hate porn so, what now? I, whatever. So, <laughs> his name was Jim Exxon, a Democrat from Nebraska. And he was basically heading up this, uh, this bill or an amendment to the Communications Decency Act. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to extend the laws of indecency and anti-obscenity laws to the internet. So, basically, he was saying, you know, you can't be obscene in a public place. The internet is becoming a public place. You shouldn't be allowed to be obscene there either. And his call to arms within the Senate chamber was a little bit sus. He essentially came into, like Congress, open session with a binder full of porn. That he had found on the internet and had printed off and put it all in this big binder. And he went on this whole speech about you know how bad porn is and then he had it all right here. But it was too vile and grotesque to be shown in these hallowed halls of Congress. But then he follows it up with, if anybody wants to come and look at it later, they can stop by my office and I'll have the binder pretty bold move to invite people to come porn out in your office when they get off work. But either way, it worked. The Senate voted yes and it was uh, signed into law by our boy Billy Clinton because I'm sure he assumed that the law would not apply to him because we all know he loved sex. But <laughs> after about a year, the the porn industry was fighting back. You know, cuz business was booming. The internet and porn—they—they they go hand in hand. No matter no matter how you feel about it, business was booming. And so, about a year later, the Supreme Court got involved, and they decided that the CDA or the uh, Communication Decency Act was unconstitutional because it was a violation of free speech. That's right. The United States of America decided that we have a right to be naked on the internet. We have a right to own guns and be naked on the internet. God bless America. So just like that, the porn industry was uh, essentially legitimized and the rest is history, y'all. There... I See, I should have looked into that more about how much Porn is actually being watched. I know I always see it. The Pornhub releases their, their like year in review numbers, and it is staggering. Staggering amounts of numbers. But it's always been staggering. I saw one uh like quote earlier when I was researching that I wanna say they were saying like when cassettes came out that like 70% of cassettes were uh, <laughs> that were purchased were porn. I'll have to double check, so don't quote me on that. But pretty much as long as the internet's been around or I guess as long as porn's been around, people have been buying it. So if you're if you're one of those people, you're not alone. Don't feel ashamed. Don't talk about it openly. You know, but you're not you're not alone. I'm sorry. This kind of this spiraled a little bit. Um it is my goal to keep this family friendly and you know sometimes history is a a little a little off color. So disclaimer, I'm not promoting nor condemning consuming internet pornography. I'm just here to report the facts, you know? I'm like a combination of CNN and Fox News. Um <laughs> No, I'm not. Never mind. I take that back. This is spiraling way more than I thought it would. But, hey, next time you're at a party, I hope you can pull out one of these random facts about the birth of the internet or about uh, this guy, Jim Exxon, who was looking at porn at work. If, if you take anything away from it, just know that's what senators were doing back in 1995. They were all huddling up in Jim Exxon's office, flipping through a binder of porn, like Pokemon cards, and just having a good old time until they tried to ban it. So, that concludes this day in history of April 7. Now, the correct me if I'm wrong segment... The namesake of this podcast, of this show, I'm a little bit conflicted on, if we're being completely honest, because I'm really excited about this segment, because it's a great opportunity for me to just be silly and do wrong answers only on things, but at the same time, I feel somewhat obligated to not just be 100% giving people incorrect information, because common sense is not that common anymore. So my original solution to the problem was going to be I would do my spiel, my wrong answer spiel, full of hilarious jokes that would make everyone die laughing. And then I would just read off the actual facts. But that feels really boring to me to just have to to fill it in afterwards. So I'm working on a solution. Um... And I think it's a really good solution. It's a solution that would involve guests. I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep into it because I don't know if it's going to happen. But uh, you know, this this show is is fluid. It's uh, it's ever changing. It's young. It's growing. It's growing. And I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do whatever I can to make it as good as I can. So yet again, there will not be a correct me if I'm wrong segment. It breaks my heart, but I'm really I'm working hard to get something up for for next week that will hopefully involve a guest because I think that'd be really fun and then you guys wouldn't have to just listen to me talk for 30 minutes straight but here we are I'm sorry I apologize it's coming soon correct me if I, it's coming soon I promise but until then that's a wrap We've done it. Episode two now in the books. Thank you all so much for listening. If you're not already following me on Instagram, hop over there. Greg Tyler Comedy. That's where I'm trying to interact with people. uh, Get people to interact with the show as a whole. So please go give me a follow. It means a lot. And until next time.